Hi there and thanks for joining us on this week's episode, the wind energy conference that's blowing into Cork, the new discount card exclusively for rebels and I try to get my head around the world of influencing. I'm Jonathan Healy and this is Red Business. Red Business, Cork's exclusive business podcast. Now, a major international wind energy conference is coming to Cork. It's going to take place uh, from June 17th to 20th. It is the Wind Energy Science Conference. And with me to tell me all about that is Dr. Kean Desmond of Mari. Um, Kean, you're very welcome. Thanks for joining us. Uh, hi, Jonathan. Thanks for having me on. Uh, tell me a little bit about, um, it's Mari or Marai? Which Marai. Is, yeah, Marai. Just correct, okay. actually. Thanks for that. What is it? So Marai is a Science Foundation Ireland-funded uh, national research centre. Um, currently, we have six partner institutions scattered all over Ireland. So UCC is the headquarters. Uh, there's also Marai researchers in CIT, Minute, NUIG, UL, UCD. Uh, I think I've named them all there. That's it. But uh, Cork, Cork is most important. <laughs> Cork, Cork is the headquarters of the research centre. What we do is we coordinate the research activities of about 200 researchers in the areas of marine renewables and climate resilience. Okay, so the conference is significant for Cork. So who's coming? So we are, are, are organising this conference on behalf of the European Academy of Wind Energy, uh, which is a collection of about 30 to 40 research institutions across Europe that are working in the area of wind energy and wind energy research and teaching. And what we've done is created as a multidisciplinary open forum for discussion. So we're inviting anyone uh, in the world that's working in wind energy science to come to Cork and discuss their work. Uh, so it's been very successful. We, when we won this conference, we were expecting maybe three, four hundred delegates. But we managed to push it out there and get up to 900 delegates coming from 38 different countries around the world. Research centres like NREL in the States, Cornell University, University of Massachusetts, DTU, all the kind of big players in wind energy science. OK, so they're coming to Cork and they're going to be... Uh at a series of events it's, it's mostly across the University College Cork campus That's it? right yeah we're blessed with UCC as a venue really um, so it caters for 18,500 students on a day to day basis Actually, during term be, time They won't be there during That's June. the beauty of it exactly <laughs> yeah, so the students clear out and the scientists and engineers come in and then you know in terms of catering uh, Wi-Fi access accommodation uh, multiple rooms for the different sessions accommodation and then the beautiful campus so we're very lucky with that Now wind energy uh, when people hear about wind energy they automatically their mind is drawn to the windmill on top of the hill uh, and we've had a lot more of them uh, over time Ireland are we ahead of the curve behind the curve or bang on point when it comes to producing wind energy uh, we're really world leaders in terms of the amount of wind energy that we have on the grid at any one time so it's a real challenge when you're operating grid system at every moment in time, the amount of energy going onto the grid and the amount of energy coming off the grid needs to be exactly equal. So when you've got a lot of uh, variable uh, generation, such as wind power, that's quite a challenge for the grid operator. So the guys in AirGrid have been doing sterling work over the last 10, 15 years to maximise the amount of wind energy we can have on the grid. And we're currently world leaders in that. And actually, one of the sessions during the conference is being chaired by Mr. John Lowry. He's um, one of the guys in AirGrid. He's going to come along and he's got 10 separate presentations about how they've achieved that. And there's great interest in the uh, international community and how they did that. Uh, what's the next big thing, though? I mean, we're running out of mountains to put windmills on. Um, you're going to be talking about offshore at the event. Is, is it the future to find somewhere 
away from the coastline, out at sea, where we can put a load of windmills and, and they will generate our electricity for us. Well, look, I do see that as the way it's going to go. Um, but with any type of renewable energy generation that you're installing, you can't just look at the technical side of things. Does the technology work? You need to look at the economic side of things. Who's going to pay for it? And also the social side of things. Are people happy that it's going to be there and they're getting a benefit out of it? So it's been a real challenge for the onshore wind industry uh, because the economics makes sense and the technology makes sense. It's a really mature, established technology. I know you've had trouble in the past with a, a wood pellet boiler oh, uh, yeah. that you're bemoaning. Oh, talk about the start of the wood pellet boiler. <laughs> That's it. So it was a kind of a immature technology that was uh, bought in Ireland and it, it worked out well in some places, not so well in others. I know you had a very mixed reaction to it. But now wind energy, the, the onshore wind in particular, the technology is mature. It's a viable technology with a, a whole... Uh, supply chain behind us so it works uh, but then obviously as you said the next goal is to develop these new types of wind energy technology and uh, some of the technologies that we'll be looking at is offshore wind floating offshore wind and also airborne wind energy so this is where essentially kites or drones are flying in the upper atmosphere generating wind energy there's but a that, benefits that, associated they're with grand that. but they have to be tethered, tethered they to do something. indeed yeah, yeah exactly and these are the technical and the spatial planning uh, restrictions you can't have them near airports or the planes are going to be crashing into the tethers but then there's a big benefit from it uh, from a technical and economic point of view in that the wind resource up high uh, the higher you go, the stronger the winds get and also the lower the turbulence levels. So it's better for wind energy so generation. So you'd need fewer of them than the ones you have on the mountainside? <sighs> Would you need fewer of them? <sighs> I suppose you need fewer of them compared to one flowing at low level. Like the higher you go, the, the better, better wind is. resource. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's kind of a mad area. Um, it's not ever going to be the 100% solution though, is it? We're always going to need other forms of renewable energy as well. Well, that's it. That's a key message because there's no silver bullet when it comes to renewable energy generation. We have to have a real mixed bag uh, of different renewable energy technologies feeding into the grid. So this is uh, hydroelectric, wind energy, solar biogas, hydrogen production. There's no uh, solar PV, obviously. There's no one solution. It needs to be kind of a mixed bag to divest your risk. So you have all of these people, 900 coming over, all the world leaders um, from 38 countries. They're bringing money with them as well. So from a commercial point of view, and this is again where Cork stands out uh, as an event location, I think it's worth something like 1.4 million to the local Yeah, 1.4, 1.5 million, something like that. Obviously those are estimates. They're based on, I think it's 1,600 euro per delegate. Um, That will be their average spend when they're in Cork over the four days. So, you know, it's it's fantastic for the local economy and really pushing that as well. We're, we're trying to get many um, businesses around Cork that want to invite delegates into their premise, be it a restaurant or an activity to tweet us at, and include the hashtag, hashtag WESC2019. Then we'll retweet it to the delegates. They got a kind of a, a tour guide to the city when they arrive. And Look, it's, it's mad. You, mean, you could easily have just decided I'm going to go to a conference somewhere else and uh, you could be going exploring Copenhagen or you could be uh, going somewhere in, in South America for this. But you decided to stage the conference here. And why was that? Why, why did you say, you know, let's give, let's give the best foot forward we can here and bring this wind energy science conference to Cork as opposed to somewhere else? I guess because we thought we could do it and we thought we could do a good job of it. Um, so I've been working in Europe for the past 10 years, um, travelling around to conferences in the places like Copenhagen, um, Munich, uh, all over. And, you know, I said... You, we were, could... fe- you were fed up flying. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I, ju- I just thought that we could do it and do it better. Um, so, you know, we uh, managed to win the conference and hopefully we'll achieve that goal. Well, you're bringing your 900 delegates to Cork at a great time because there's so much going on during the month of June and that means that uh, they will experience a lot of Cork and Ireland while they're here. How can people find out more about this particular event if they're interested, Keen? Yep, the, you can just go online to wesc2019.org. Um, registration that, is still open. That's W-E-S-C. 
Yeah, sorry, it's a Wind Energy Science Conference yeah. 2019. WESC uh, 2019.org and all the That's details it. is there. Dr. Kean Desmond of Marai, did you get it right that time? You didn't need it. Okay, Kean, good luck uh, with your 900 delegates and thanks very much for joining us in Red Business. Brilliant, thanks you, Jonathan. Red Business. All that's best about business in Cork. Now, we all have a good discount, and every now and then we find a very good way of insuring it. But my next guest has gone out of her way to try and create a way to add values to companies and to convince people that they are indeed getting the best deal possible. It's a new business called Cork Card. It's a wellness, lifestyle and social membership card where people can buy it uh, for a year and then avail of lots of different offers. Patricia Fitzgerald is with me now, who is behind Cork Card. How are you? I'm fine, thank you very much. Um, tell me about the concept. You have to buy in on day one. So how much do you have to spend? So the card costs forty nine fifty for the full year. Um, you have the card for the year and it's unlimited uses. So if you particularly like one place, you can keep going back there every day of the week if you want to. So uh, you're in then with your forty nine fifty. dollars uh, mm-hmm. What does that give you access to? So it's gyms, hair salons, spas, dentists, restaurants, cafes, aesthetic clinics, um, manscaping lounges, um, gravity float, yoga, gaming lounge. So hold, so there's hold, everything. hold on, hold on. <laughs> we need, there's a couple there. Anita. What, what is a manscaping lounge? A manscaping lounge is only for men. Um, so they go in and it's basically like a spa for men. So you can get your manicures, your pedicures, your hot towel shaves. And who your... has the time for these frivolities? I'd say a lot of people do because they are very busy. <laughs> and, and, and what's the flotation thing you were talking about? Um, so Zero Garrity Floater out on the Modder Farm Road. It's a flotation tank. So they have, I suppose, any, for the average person, salt water in there. So you go and you float in that tank um, and all your senses are taken into account. Can, and, can you check your Twitter feed? Uh, no. No, you're completely cut off from everything. So, and you just completely switch off mm. and basically float in the tank. Okay. Um, very, very popular and very recommended for pregnant people and also for um, stress. I, well, I could do with a flotation tank right now, I can tell you, <laughs> after the day I've had. Um, so, how do you convince these companies then to sign up to your card and, and to give away some of their hard fought for margin? Um, there's different ways, I suppose. So for some businesses, it's a way of getting the name out there. So we're linking all the businesses together. So they're not standing alone on their own saying, look, this is me. They're actually linking all businesses together. So you'll have a restaurant, but then people also want to use the spa and they also want to, um, you know, go and get tyres. And so by linking everyone together, you're actually consolidating all of their reach and consolidating all of their own customers to actually look at all the different businesses together. Um, There's an obvious advantage to this. How quickly do you think the value of the card pays itself back? I personally could probably pay back in a weekend. So, you know, or two or three days. It's it's very easy. Um, I mean, for example, if you do yoga um, on a three month pass for yoga, you're already saved for just over 47 euro. So if you pay 49.50 for a car, um, for a card and then you have the yoga um, offering for the three month pass then you've got very little to make up after that the same with tyres the tyres are 10% off the tyres so you know yourself on how much tyres are for your individual car expensive is the answer to yeah. that question in every case and uh, how many companies and brands are you working with right now and what's the target what do you want to get to and there's currently 33 um, on board. I've got another five in the pipeline, but obviously there's room for more and there's definite offerings that mm. 
are available and there's, you know, space for other businesses on that. And getting down and dirty and asking how it works now, is it a physical card with a chip or does it have a name or a token code or how does it work? It has a, a name on it. So obviously then, you know, you can't switch them around different people. So it has a name and that um, will get checked against, you know, some kind of identification when you go into these businesses. Um, the cards don't have a chip. And the reason for that is a lot of the businesses in Cork aren't yet set up in the same way to have it as a chip usage. So that, that, that There are good ideas, new ideas and improved ideas. Mm-hmm. Which is Cork Card? Is is there a similar version of this operating anywhere else in the world and how have you improved it? There are similar versions. I myself had one um, in the UK. So there's versions in the UK, Scotland, Germany, the US. It's very popular concept to have the these kind of cards. Um, Australia, New Zealand. So there's similar things all over the world and they're proven very successful um, in those company, um, in those countries. The one in Ireland is unique as far as I'm aware, so it's the first no, of its kind. I, I, I'm kind of intrigued by it because I've never heard of it. And it, mm. it sounds like in a world where this kind of thing is commonplace, everybody will associate with Groupon, which was huge for a time and mm-hmm. then gone, virtually gone. Still there, but not really. And it's trying to improve upon that kind of concept that people like discounts, people want to get into discounts. But in this case, it's kind of like a membership club. You buy in and then you get access. Yes, exactly. So in and when everyone supports it, that's when you get more offers coming available to everyone because there's lots of people supporting it. So when businesses support it, corporate supported, individuals mm. support it, everyone works together to bring the best out of Cork. Now, to be hypercritical, you could call it the Ireland card or the Bigara card or something that would allow it to spread right around the country and as be, be as important to the people of Letterkenny as it would be the people of Bantry. Why choose Cork? I mean, obviously you live here, but, you know, is it somewhat limited then by that or was that a deliberate corporate decision? Um, no, I wanted Cork to be the headquarters, Cork to be the flagship for the business. Um, like you say, I live in Cork, so I wanted to build it in Cork, make it successful in Cork. Further down the line, then move to Dublin, Galway and so on, and then grow it as, um, you know, the main cities and then maybe have an all-island card once, you know, once they're all working together and have Cork as the headquarters and the flagship. And and forgive me again for asking, how do you make money out of this? Is it through that initial membership model that you do the hard work to get the discounts, but that, that once off forty nine ninety five is how you make your money out of it? Exactly. So okay. that's the only way I make money is through the through the charge for the membership. Does it not call you if somebody saves a thousand euros a year and all it costs them is forty nine ninety five and you did all the hard work? No, because if enough people get behind it, I'll obviously make a, a small amount. I'm never going to be a millionaire out of the idea. But, oh, you might you yet. Know. One day, Rodney. <laughs> we'll try. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, um, but I like cork. I, I want to give something to cork. I want to build cork. And, you know, it's an expensive place to live to people. So if the businesses can help the people who live here out and vice versa, there's something for everyone. Well, this is what Red Business is all about. It's about speaking to startup companies with good ideas and uh, uh, to be fair, you, you convinced me that you had a place on the podcast. And I'm glad I brought you in. Patricia Fitzgerald, uh, the company is Cork Card. How can A, people who want one contact you and B, if a business wants in, how do they get in contact? So you can go on the website. It's corkcard.ie and you can email me at patricia at citycard.ie. Um, 
I'll come straight out to you, speak to businesses, also corporates if they want to buy it for the staff because there's the health, the lifestyle, the wellness element to it. Um, businesses may want to encourage the staff and have an extra benefit. So okay. just get in touch. Well, it's a well thought through idea and we wish you the very best of luck with it. Patricia Fitzgerald of CorkCard.ie. Thank you so much for joining us in Red Business. Thank you very much. The only show in town for Cork business, Red Business. Now, my next guest is somebody who's operating in that strange space of influencer, online personality, and had a very successful blog talking about her time being a mum, but has decided to move now in a different direction. The new direction is called Amy Jane's Domain, and I'm delighted to be joined by Amy Jane Keating. Amy Jane, how are you? I'm very good, thank you, Jonathan. And I'm thrilled to be here with you, so thanks for having me on. Delighted to have you with us here in Red FM. Now, tell me a little bit about what you've been doing. Now, people will be familiar with your blog. So how did you start the blog? So I started the blog initially about a year and a half ago, and it was called My Little Mummy Blog. So it was basically a space for me to share my experiences as a mum. I have two beautiful stepchildren, and I have a little boy, Bobby, who's two, So all of that kind of happened quite quickly for me. So I kind of found myself in a place of, oh, my God, I'm a mum of three and I stopped working and I found it overwhelming. And I just found support, I suppose, online with my little mummy blog. I'd be asking questions as a first time mum. Oh, what do I do about this? What do I do about that? That's a nightmare, isn't it? Nobody knows. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I always thought they were going to break. That was that was my impression that that when you know experience of tiny, teeny children, that you're going to break them. Crack their arm off or something. Yeah, exactly. Trying to put on a vest. Yeah, exactly. So that that was it, really. I started getting support um, from people. I had a little community online and. I just found it very comforting um, and I loved it and it was very successful and I was writing for different um, mummypages.ie and different people about experiences that I was having. So I really enjoyed that because I like to write as well. So uh, yeah, it was going great. But then recently, I suppose Bobby is two and a half now and recently... He's rare. Yeah, he's rare. He's off to college. But I said, you know what? This is my time again now because... What happened for me is I did my degree, I did my master's, I was managing a a serviced office and virtual office business centre for 10 years. Then I became pregnant. I knew I didn't want to come back to work full time after I had uh, Bobby. Um, So I just kind of said, look, I'm going to come out of work now and, and I'll see what happens. So then in only maybe last month, I said, "Okay, now it's time to start thinking about me again. What do I want to do? And what I've, I've always wanted to do and what I've been studying and training for and trying to pursue all my life is TV presenting. So It's an awful job, by the way. Yes, someone has done um, it occasionally. It's, 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 it's not as glamorous as you think it is. Well, listen, Jonathan, if you want to take any holidays, if you don't have any cover, <laughs> I'd be delighted to fill in. I'm here. Um, but yeah, no, so I'm, I'm trying to pursue my TV presenting career, my MC career. And that's kind of what I've always wanted. So the name change to Amy Jane's Domain was kind of signifying, right, it's about me now. I'm starting to think about me as opposed to me as a mum. How did you end up in this space? Because, I mean, people will say a lot of Instagrammers uh, are are those who are bloggers. It's about the shameless self-publicity. I mean, is it about that for you or is it about connecting with people? So for me, initially with my little mummy blog, it was, as I said, just to try and find support, feel less alone, get advice, that kind of thing. And now with Amy Jane's domain, it's just, I suppose, it's an unusual journey trying to pursue this big dream of me, mine. So I think people might be interested in maybe me going for an audition or um, a showreel clip that I've got done. Or I just think it might be of interest to people because it's not something that everyone is doing, but also primarily mm. 
there's opportunity online for me. So I'm saying, look, I'm here. This is what I want to do. When you had that, you know, you had a little bit of noise around your blog uh, Mm -hmm. because you you had that connection with people who were mums. Did that attract brands or did you seek brands? No, I didn't seek brands personally because I didn't think I was a large enough entity online. So I didn't go chasing brands. But I did have brands come to me, which was great. Um, Now, not a lot, um, but baby products and things like that. So that was good. Yeah, And when they came to you, did you pause to think for a second, will I do this or did you just jump? With two it, feet in. Obviously, if anyone sent me anything like that, I would pause to think, but th- there wasn't no, much to think about. These were baby bottles or baby dummies or, you know, things that you'd be using that I would genuinely go, oh, geez, this is great. I got this. Brilliant. I use these, you mm. know. Well, we, we, we actually met before. Last time we met was at the I Wish event where I think you were the MC on one of the days. Um, yes, yeah. And again, it takes a lot to get up in front of an audience, in that case, an audience of schoolgirls. And I, I was very grateful that I wasn't MCing that bit. <laughs> um, uh, they're an unforgiving audience but you kind of got them going I mean what's it like being on stage like that oh I love it I absolutely love it and that's why I think I'm so sure that this is what I want to be doing because if you put a microphone in front of me or if you put me up on stage I'm just in my element I'm comfortable I'm confident and yes when I walked into Cork City Hall the first morning I was saying deep breath but then the minute I got up on stage I said right I've got this let's do it let's have fun let's enjoy it Mm. there's lots of people out there who might want to give it a go uh, and do that Uh, and you know a little bit of jealousy that others like you are doing it and then maybe you're a bit jealous of the others who are doing it and have a bigger following than you so what advice do you give to people having been on the journey that you're on what would you say I don't know if I'm qualified to give advice because I'm here slogging away trying to do it but definitely if it's your passion you know I'd always hear people talking all my life saying you know if if you can work at something that you're passionate at then that would be the dream and there was never a doubt for me what I was passionate about this is what I'm passionate about um so if you're passionate about it just go for it and do it and and go all in do you ever meet anyone who follows you Yes, yeah, What's I have. That like? And I'm only very small online, but it's lovely. It's so lovely. Um, and do you ever get nasty people saying nasty things to you? Because social media is just an awful place. Um, not really. Uh, once or twice, maybe at the start of my little mummy blog, you'd get people giving their uh, strong, stern advice about motherhood and, oh, no, 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 you shouldn't be doing that. Oh, my God, no, no, no. And then you're kind of going, oh, okay. Um, so a little bit like that, the odd time in terms of parenting, but... With Amy Jane's domain and the change to Amy Jane's domain, I was saying, look, a lot of people are probably going to stop following me now because my content is completely different. But as someone said to me there over the weekend, they said, and it hasn't happened, thank God, touch wood. But someone said to me, I think people actually buy into the person as opposed to what the page is all about. So if they find you interesting, they can relate to you. I don't think they're going to stop following you just because your page is taking a different direction. Okay, well, there's a lot of people in the space and it's about keeping your head above it, which you're doing now and a rebrand and everything that's there. People can find out about you where? How can they follow the blog and get the latest on what you're doing? Okay, so if you go on to Instagram, you can find me on Amy Jane's Domain. So at Amy Jane's Domain. Same on Facebook, at Amy Jane's Domain. And I'm in the process of building my new website, www.amyjanesdomain.ie. So have you forgotten about, you don't give a hoot about Twitter? 
you know what, I must do that because I I did it for years before, but I stopped. And now with Amy Jane's domain, I do have to go somewhere, back to it. Somewhere a little blue bird is crying that yeah, you haven't gotten yeah, there. But yeah. you have the Instagram, which is probably uh, the best the Instagram, best one for yeah, all this. Amy name. Jane, all we can do is wish you the very best of luck. Amy Jane Keating of Amy Jane's Domain. Thank you so much for joining Thank us. Thank you so much, Jonathan. I enjoyed it. Thank you. My thanks as always to all of my guests. Don't forget that every episode of Red Business is on redextra.ie alongside great content from Cork's Red FM. Nia Hennessy produced and we'll catch you on the next one. Red Business, Cork's exclusive business podcast.